right. Well, Father, we just thank you for your presence that is here with us tonight. We thank you for your presence that is on this podcast. We thank you for your presence that fills all in all through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that your presence is with every single listener. We thank you that the atmosphere is charged with your glory, that your kingdom is here, your kingdom is within. And although it is invisible, it is real. And so, Lord, I pray that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding right now, God, that you would cause our spiritual senses to even be more heightened, to be more sensitive right now, God, to the unseen reality of your reality in us and on us and with us and surrounding us, God. I pray that we would become aware now, even as we breathe in every breath, that your breath is in us, that we breathe with you, that you are in fact our breath, You are our spirit. You are animating us. You are keeping us alive even in this moment. We are alive in Christ. We will never die. We forever live in you. And God, I pray that you would just cause that reality just to permeate our being right now, God, that we would connect with it in ways that would transform our our experience of what it means to be a human being. That, God, we would connect with it on an ongoing basis and that you would even use this podcast tonight as a catalyst for that, God, and that people would listen to it even again and again and come back and even revisit this prayer, Father, just to remember what is real, to connect with what is true, and to awaken to the reality that heaven and earth have become one. Thank you, Jesus, that we are not living mere human lives. Even when we are asleep to it, God, there is just an incredible level of activity happening in the kingdom right now. Oh, angels are ascending and descending and, and surrounding and protecting and, and completing your plans for us as individuals, for your body as a whole. For this planet, God, you are on the scene, Holy Spirit. This is your time to manifest Jesus. This is your time to manifest the reality of heaven. And we just declare that we are awake Awake, (laughs) I just declare we are awake. And when you nudge us, if we fall asleep, God, we just come right back to that place of being awake. And so tonight as we dive into the scriptures, I pray that you would just speak what your message is to each and every listener tonight, Jesus. We pray that you would minister comfort and joy and righteousness 
that you would provide direction, that you would edify and build up, you would uh, correct a vision tonight, you would, you would just do what each individual needs for you to do. That's a tall order, but you are a supernatural God. And you can do the impossible. So we just release it to you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I have a message on my heart tonight. Uh, it's something that's been, uh, you know, it's from a scripture that I, I kind of think is like my top five. Sometimes I think when I go back to these top five, I feel like I preach out of the same scripture sometimes over and over again. But, you know, you're talking or you're listening rather to someone who, the older I get, the simpler things become. And I've said this for years. I said it's not the, the quantity of scripture that we know or that we can recite like a parrot. It's really the, the truth that we understand and assimilate that becomes part of our being that really transforms us. And so if I spend you know, the rest of my life on these five scriptures and I actually get them down, I think my life will have been a huge success. Honestly, I really believe that with all of my heart. And so this is a, a scripture from John 5.30. But before I jump into it, you can get, you know, go there. I'm going to re- be reading it and concentrating on it out of the voice translation. But I, I'm still constantly being brought back to the point, <laughs> really, by the Father. And when I say the point, um, there's a... There's a tendency, if you're anything like me, I mean, I get, I'm easily distracted. I am easily, you know, squirrel, rabbit, you know, just running this way, running this way. It's, I mean, focus has probably been one of the, the biggest battles of my life. I'm easily excitable. <laughs> and so it's easy, easy for me to go in a hundred directions. And so I feel like the father has been doing a work in my life for, you know, decade plus now of really trying to settle me down and get me to focus. And the focus is on what is real. The focus is to stay awake. The focus is to learn how to abide, to stay in in a place where you are walking in the spirit, where you are being led by the spirit of God, where you are connected to his voice and you are only doing what you see the Father doing. I, I believe that life in the kingdom is supposed to be simple, actually. I believe that we have permission to become like little kids, that it's not a, it's not a cliche or just a, a figure of speech, that we actually have permission to be completely dependent upon God and to not have to have it all figured out, but to only really know what the next step is. And so I think the work God's been doing in my life, and I think it's a work that he does in all of our lives as we uh, mature, is to just get us to be really good listeners <laughs> and to get us to be really good followers and to focus on what he's saying and to not make it any more difficult than that, to really make it just a simple follow-the-leader kind of relationship. Very, very simple things, but I'm a complicated gal. And so I complicate things just, you know, by accident. 
And so the Lord constantly is bringing my attention back to a word that he gave us, he gave to all of us. I've been talking about it in the podcast since 2019 began, but he's bringing me back to it again and again and again, no matter how many times I forget or how many times I go off on this tangent, he kind of brings me back to this place. And I'm going to not read the whole thing tonight because it's pretty long, but you can go back to any of the podcasts or even go on my Facebook page and see it. But here's the gist of it. He said, if you want 2019 to be the best year of your life, like, I don't know who doesn't want that. That sounds amazing. Like, I would love for this year to be the best year of my life. And I believe in the kingdom that we do go from glory to glory and faith to faith. I don't think it's an irresponsible desire to have an expectation that this year is filled with more glory than we've ever experienced, that this year is filled with more breakthrough than we've ever experienced, that this year is filled with more miracles and the more, uh, more of a manifestation on heaven than we've ever experienced. I think part of the problem is, is that we, we kind of lose our expectation for that. And we're kind of dummied down and we're thought to almost like expect the worst and we, you know, just get what we expect. But I I really feel like the Lord is like, I want you to believe that this is the best year of your life. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be fantastic, but it means that I'm going to work everything out for good and that there's going to be glory that comes even from the bad. And here's what he said. If you want this to be the best year ever, here's what you need to do. Really simple stuff. He said, listen to my voice. He said, make knowing me, living out of your true identity, and learning to abide in union with me your number one priority this year. I'm going to say it again. Number one priority, if you want to make this year your best year ever, listen to his voice. Make knowing him and living out of your true identity, who you are in Christ, and learning to abide in union, in oneness with Jesus, your number one priority this year. I don't know about you, but it feels like we can always have, you know, we can have a lot of different priorities that compete for our time and our attention. But I believe that cultivating intimacy with God, cultivating a dependency upon God where we are hearing him continually, we are hearing him on demand. I mean, I ask this of every person that I interview that's interested in my my school, Emerge School of Transformation. I ask them, well, how, you know, how... How well do you hear God? Do you hear God on demand? And I am amazed because I've asked now, you know, thousands probably of people about do they hear God on demand? And I am always blown away by how few people actually have that kind of relationship with God. And I'm blown away by it because I don't even feel like people have it as an expectation. I'm blown away by the idea that people think that, I mean, it's like the first time they've ever heard it. What do you mean? I can hear God on demand? Like I can hear God like I hear your voice right now. I could have a conversation with God, Shalise, the way I call my, you know, my sister or my brother or my best friend. I could have a conversation with God like that. And I'll tell you, if I live the rest of my life helping people have that kind of relationship with God, then that's another thing that I feel like my life will have been successful because that is daddy's heart. That is daddy's heart for every one of his children. He wants to be your source of wisdom, of comfort, of joy, of 
of everything that you need to live a prosperous, joyful, peaceful life. And truthfully, beloved, this is the primary purpose why Jesus came. He came that you would experience the Father. He came that you would experience what it feels like to be completely known and completely seen and completely understood and completely accepted and not judged. What it, what it actually means to have a cheerleader on your team the biggest fan is your heavenly dad. You have a, a cheering section in the Trinity. And they are cheering you on. And they, they want to be known. They want, they want to be that relationship that you've been searching for your whole life. That relationship that fulfills you and completes you and causes you to be a confident child of God, to know who you are, to to provide identity to you, and to cause your insecurities to melt away, to give you security that you do belong. You belong in him. You have a place in Christ that is just for you. You are a member of his body that is irreplaceable. No one can replace your place in the Father's house. No one. You are irreplaceable from Daddy's perspective. You are his dream. You are the manifestation of his desire. And living out of that truth makes life an adventure and it makes life supernatural and it makes life have meaning and it puts you on a mission to reveal what the Father is like in the way that you've experienced him You carry that on the planet. And I'll tell you, there are thirsty, hungry, broken people who need to hear the good news that daddy loves them too. And that the relationship that you have with him is the same exact kind of relationship that they can have with him. And how do I know? For sure, how do I know? Because this is my dad. And this is my message. And if we want to have our best year ever, I'll tell you, daddy knows how to give good presents. He makes the best surprises. And he's got good things because he's a good father. He's a good God. He is the author of good. He's the origin of good. 
He is the source and supplier and personification of good. And so, beloved, here is what I want to share with you tonight. And I think this is a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, the Father has, I'm calling tonight's teaching the Father's Agenda. And the reason I'm sharing that is because God has an agenda for you. He has an agenda for the planet. And what do I mean by an agenda? I mean, he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's up to something. The Father is up to something spectacular. Spectacular. And he wants you to not only experience it, he wants you to be a part of it. And so I'm going to read this scripture from John 5.30. Again, it's one of my, probably my top five. And it's Jesus talking about, now Jesus, to kind of put this in context and why I love this scripture so much and why really all of my top fives are probably around something like this, is that if you haven't figured out by now, I'm obsessed with the idea that because of Calvary, we have been made one with Jesus. I'm obsessed with this idea that I'm married to the King of Kings and that I have this union as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, that I've now been placed inside of God himself, which means I'm now a part of the Trinity, that I now can experience the Father and the Holy Spirit the same way that Jesus experienced the Father and the Holy Spirit. Like I have the same access to the mind of God that Jesus had or that Jesus has, (laughs) that he's seated on the throne and now I'm seated on the throne. Like I'm obsessed with this concept that the gospel provided access to God from inside of God. Like it it, it is so mind-boggling and revolutionary to me. I, I, I feel like even though I've been studying it forever, I still barely scratch the surface. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm also obsessed with this, the way that Jesus functioned in relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit during his earthly ministry. I'm, you know, out of all of the calls that have probably been ever, you know, calls of God on anybody's life, (laughs) Jesus has had to be the hardest, (laughs) you know. And, and, And Jesus needed to experience the Father and his true, he had to live out of his true identity. He had to live out of union with the Father in order to, to fulfill his mission, in order to do what he was on the planet to do. And I'm, I love that Jesus invites us into this relationship, that because of Jesus, we can have, we can enjoy the same kind of intimacy with the Father that Jesus enjoyed, that because of the cross, and now we're, we are, you know, Wrapped in Christ is the way the Apostle Paul said it in, in Ephesians. That, that Now we have access to God this way. And so when I read scriptures like John 30, I'm always thinking about how Jesus operated as the Son of God and how we now can operate as inside the Son of God, as sons of God as well. So I look at this as a reflection of my relationship with God. I look at it as how I'm supposed, or what's available to me. Like, I can function this way. I I can function 
in this kind of intimacy with the Father. I can function in this kind of partnership with heaven. I can, I can do some incredible things on this planet because I can be a vessel for the Father to manifest himself through. And so the, the, the potential of this it just keeps me fascinated. It's fascinating. The potential of Christ in us. The potential of, of, of the Father manifesting heaven through our lives. And we live so dummy down. You know, we, we forget this. We, we forget this reality. We, gosh, we just live disconnected so much of our time from who we really are and, and what is actually possible. And so here's, I'm going to finally read it. Okay, that's a huge introduction, but I'm going to read this. John 5.30, here's what it says. And Jesus says this. He says, I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. I'm going to read that last sentence again. It says, I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. And there's a couple, talk about abiding in the vine. Right here, Jesus says, I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. Jesus is a picture of complete dependency and union with the Father. And this concept that he says that he's committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own, I mean, we know how committed he was to this. In the Garden of Gethsemane, if you'll remember, I mean, he was struggling. He asked his disciples, I mean, these were his brothers. These were the people that had been in the trenches for him. And he was here about to go to the cross. And he, you know, brings them to this place of intimate fellowship that he had with them and he's asking them can you pray with me can you pray with me and here he's come to the like um pinnacle of his earthly assignment and this is a this is not an easy place this is not an easy place i mean we just came out of easter you know last weekend was easter at the time of this recording and you know, he ju- we just celebrated his passion and and his his crucifixion and his resurrection and his victory. But you know, here in the garden, he was so distraught that he was sweating drops of blood. Talk about pressure. Talk about pressure to not do God's agenda. To not do the Father's will. Incredible pressure. And he prayed. You know, he said, all things are possible, Father. And if there is any way, take this cup from me. He's like, if there is any other way. I mean, this, I, this is a silly analogy that's coming to me, but, you know, this is, the, the, of the record, at the time of the recording of this podcast, this is like, the weekend that the Avengers Endgame has been released. (laughs) And we haven't seen it yet, so don't, you know, don't email me and give me any prophetic insight that you got from the movie yet. But 
One of the things that I love about that movie that it kind of always has stuck with me is how Doctor Strange in Infinity Wars is like, you know, he's like, there's, I don't even know what the number was, but he's like, there's, you know, 14 million and blah, 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 you know, scenarios of how this could go. And there's only one chance we have a victory. And, you know, to me, it's kind of reminds me of Jesus's prayer. You know, he's like, all things are possible. And if there is any other way, Father, let's take that route. But then he prayed this prayer. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. In other words, I am committed to pursuing your agenda and not my own. I was just uh, ministering with someone recently, and for whatever reason, I, I kind of even kind of led up into why I'm even teaching in this tonight. But, you know, I pray this prayer a lot. I pray it whenever I'm interviewing a prospective Emerge student. Whenever I have them on, we do these, you know, video conferences, interviews with prospective students. And whenever I always pray, if you want to get on one of those with me, I'll pray this over you as well. But I pray the same prayer basically every single time. And, and I just pray. I said, Father, what you have a, you have a purpose. You have a plan for your child. And I say, this, this appointment was on your calendar as much as on ours. And you have an agenda. You have a, an agenda for this call today. You have an agenda for what you're doing in their life and what, what is, you know, is emerge a part of it or not? It's like, but we just yield. This is what I say. We yield to your agenda. And I always say this. I say, I cancel every agenda. Over, if, if, if there's no other reason I'm on the phone with this person than just to say this, I cancel every agenda over their life except yours in Jesus' name. I cancel the plans of man. I cancel the plans of the enemy. I cancel every agenda except for God's. And I declare that only that agenda will stand. Now, whatever your agenda is for the call, we just declare that it's done. And I just, I use this, I just pray out of this. Whatever you want to accomplish, even in the relationship between this person and me, we just yield all of it. We yield all of it. We have no agenda but yours. You know, I looked up this word agenda because there's three actual definitions to the word that I thought was pretty interesting. An agenda, in one sense, is a list of items to be discussed at a formal meeting. I like that. I kind of think of that as like we can sit down with the Father. We can sit down with God and we can basically say, okay, we're calling a formal meeting and there's a list of items that we need to discuss here and we want to be on your list of items to discuss, Lord. You've got an agenda for our time together. So let's just yield to your agenda. Just tell us what we need to talk about. I, I, if you're like me, I get confused. I could, I could waste a lot of God's time. Just talking about stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. He enjoys hearing us. He loves, I can process with God all day, but does it necessarily mean that we're really accomplishing anything? And then there's another definition of agenda that says a plan of things to be done or problems to be addressed. I like that too. I like that, that, that God has an agenda of things to be done and problems to be addressed. 
<laughs> I like it. I, I believe our father is a problem solver. I believe that he is a guy that gets things done. And I like that, you know, I can be committed to pursuing the things that he wants to do and the problems he wants to solve. I can commit to his agenda. And then the last definition of agenda is the underlying, and I put in parentheses, hidden intentions or motives of a particular person or group. You know, one of the things that I recognize about Jesus and his ministry, and I recognize it in my own life as well, especially as I've gotten more mature in the Lord and I have spent years releasing my own agenda and being obedient and just doing my very, very best to follow him, is that Jesus could pursue, perceive the intents in people's hearts. He could discern and perceive their thoughts. If you think about it, he would many times when you read the Gospels, he would respond to things that people were thinking even though they weren't saying it. It's like he could feel feel the accusations against him. And he would just just straight up address them without anybody even having to bring them up. And you know what I'm talking about here, that, you know, there's always, you know, if you've been around that, people that have an agenda or, you know, it's an unspoken agenda and it's a, it's a subtle form of manipulation and control, even though a lot of times people don't even know that. I mean, at one point, Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you seek the things of men, not those things of God. Why? Because Jesus was talking about the fact that he had to be crucified and Peter was like, no, not you, Lord. And Jesus right away discerned that is not the agenda of God. Get behind me, Satan. And so there's agendas. How many know there are agendas all over the place? There's political agendas. There's personal agendas. There are a gazillion agendas. And so just simply, we have agendas. Like we have, we have something right now that we want, we probably are thinking we need to tell God to do so we can be happy. If we're just honest, if you'll just do these five things, Jesus, I'll be happy. Why? Because we have an agenda and we think we know what we need. And the truth is we don't even really know our own hearts. You know, just recently I've been pursuing one particular goal and I don't know how to be anyway, but transparent because I figure that's the way I help people. But I've been having one particular goal. And at this point we're coming up on a year for this particular goal. And I have, I mean, I have been focused. I have not been successful, (laughs) but I have been focused and what I mean by that is no matter how many times I'm not successful, I'm not giving up. I just come back around and I'm going to stick with this goal. And darn it, I'm going to stick with this goal until, because I feel like it's the father's goal. He hasn't changed it. And I, and darn it, and everything that's causing me not to accomplish it, it's got to be dealt with. Darn it, we are doing this goal until Jesus tells me different. But one day, I don't know, it's probably been about four or five months ago. He said, why do you want this goal? Because it is a goal that we both want. It's his goal, and I believe it's mine as well. And he said, why do you want this? And I had a really good list of reasons. I wrote them down. I, ha- I shared them with him. Here's all the reasons why I want this goal. And they were good reasons, and I believe they're true reasons. But the father said to me, he said, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not why you want this. And I said, well, you know, when he says stuff like that, you're kind of scared to ask the the question. But I said, okay, well, then why do I want it? And he says, you want it so that you can be good. And I was like, what do you mean? He says, you think if you achieve this goal that you'll actually be good, that you'll actually be worthy. 
And he said, the problem with that is, Shalise, that if, if you believe you need this, you know, to succeed at this goal in order to be worthy, in order to be good, then it means that you deep down inside believe that you're not good and that you're not worthy. And he said, the problem with that is that you don't deserve the goal. So here you're in quite a little dilemma. Got a paradox going here, sister. Subconsciously, you don't believe you're good or that you're worthy. And you think if you achieve the goal that you'll be good and worthy. But you can't have it when you think you're not good and not worthy. Talk about a little hamster on a wheel. And so that's just one example that I'm sharing from my own personal, you know, uh, go around the mountain a hundred times journey of the underlying hidden intentions or motives of a particular person or group. And so God's agenda also deals with things at that level. It's not just a task list of things to be accomplished or problems to be solved or items to be discussed. This is a heart issue. This is a control issue. This is an identity issue. And all of these things are wrapped up and frankly dealt with when we make pursuing God's agenda our agenda. And I can tell you from personal experience, this is a prayer that you pray more than once. (laughs) I look at Jesus' life and I know it was a prayer that he probably had to pray more than once. It is very easy when you've got, especially in Jesus' life, you'd have to go get away, you know, and go be with the Father. There were people pressing upon him and the needs of people and Lazarus died. And, you know, there's so many, you know, it's not his time to go to Jerusalem yet. I mean, there's just, you know, there was a timetable and a, an agenda of God that required him to sometimes disappoint people, to sometimes, dis, you know, confuse people. I mean, he, he told, you know, at one point he got so blatant with the crowd. He's like, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. They were so offended that they all left. And so you following God's agenda does not always mean you're the most popular person in the room. In fact, God will lead you into the wilderness to see if you know who you really are. He will lead you into situations and circumstances that require him to be God. To prove himself that he is who he says he is to you, not just in theory, not just in a Bible story, but he is who he says to you. Because until you believe that he is who he says to you, you cannot do what you're on the planet to do. I'm going to say that again. Until you believe that he is who he says he is to you, for you, then you cannot do what you're on the planet to do. Because what you are on the planet to do requires that God show up and do something through you that only God can do. God's plan for you is not something that you can make, you can bring to pass. It's going to require miracles. It's going to require the parting of the Red Sea. It's going to require, you know, 
like we read in the Bible. It's going to require, you know, Jehoshaphat moments <laughs> when just the praises, you're just praising God and it confuses the enemy camp. You're going to go from battle to battle to battle victoriously. You, you don't cake, you don't, you know, cakewalk into the promised land. You believe into the promised land. You follow the leader into the promised land. You implement and do whatever God tells you to do to take the promised land. If he says, walk around Jericho seven times, well, you, you know, I, I, captain, and you walk around seven times. If he says, you know, go talk to someone that you don't even know and tell them X, Y, and Z, well, then you pick, you know, you make a meeting, you go and talk to so-and-so, and you tell them X, Y, and Z. This is not about our comfort zone. This is not about being perceived as a good person. It's not about your reputation with people. This is about how far can God take you. This is about how much do you trust him. This is about how dependent are you. Because it's only to the level of dependency that you can be taken higher. You cannot be promoted beyond your ability to hear and obey. If you are, you won't keep the ground you take. And so God is about delivering us from ways of being that are independent from him. He is pruning the tree. He's pruning the vine. And you know what he's, you know what he's pruning off? He's pruning off ways of independence. He's pruning off false constructs of who you think you are. He's pruning, it's like a sculpture. He's chipping away every little lie and every false persona that has been slapped on you by a fallen world. And he is revealing a son. He is revealing beauty. He is revealing his masterpiece. He is revealing who he created you to be. He is, cre- he is revealing an animated glory child that is radiating with the fullness of the presence of God. He, we have thought way too little of ourselves because we have not spent time with the one who defines us. We have, I'm going to say it again, we have thought too little of ourselves because we have spent too little time with the one that defines us. And I want to tell you that God, we might be confused, but our Father is not. And I feel like sometimes our relationship with God is like a little two-year-old. We're, you know, we're just running wild. Some buck naked and wild, making a mess, you know, in the house, knocking stuff down, just right like a wild child, you know, and I, and then we'll come back because we're hungry or something. You know, we'll come back to daddy and get his attention again. But I'll tell you, the Lord is wanting us to settle down, settle down. And I'll tell you, it is, it is not always easy. Our minds have been assaulted. I'm telling you, we have been assaulted 
in this carnal world. We have been assaulted by uh, the God of this age. And he has worked through carnally minded people and wounded people and broken people and confused people and lost people to, to convince us that we're someone we're not. And I'll tell you, for a lot of us, it has, it has almost driven us crazy. I'm raising my hand. I think I've been to the, the, the edge of insanity and back. And I'll tell you, so it's, 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 a, it's, an, it's a process to bring our brains and our minds back into a place where we can focus, where we can sit with the Father and we can actually learn how to just hear and learn to listen and learn to stay focused on what the man is saying, on what he is doing and what he is trying to accomplish in our lives. And I know for me, you know, just even this morning, I got up and I don't even remember how I started. I can... I'll look at my, I'm looking at my journal entry here. I mean, I've got so many things on here, you know, so many, I've got decisions to make. I've got, I've got a lot of things that I, I got a, a lot of directions that I could go. And I feel like that's most of us. We could sit down on any day with the father, have a cup of coffee in the morning or something, and you could literally take a train in your mind and go about 130 different places. We could think about this, Father. We could think about this. Or I could try to solve this problem. Or, ooh, what about this problem? Or, ooh, maybe I should focus on my children. Or maybe I should focus on this. Or what about that unpaid bill? And I mean, like, what in the world? Like, ah! Am I the only one? You know? And so it's, it is a, a it, there's a settling that says, I don't even know what to think about. What do I focus on? Lord, help me. Help me. <laughs> just help me almost, you know. <laughs> just, it's a real simple prayer, but help me. This is what it just, I said this, help me connect with you and totally depend on you. And then I just said this very simple sentence. I release my agenda. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I release my agenda. And I'll tell you, when you when you say that phrase, it's like you get a clearing. It's almost like the assault on your mind can just it can just go silent for a minute. You know, that carnal mind is enmity with the spirit. That busy mind, that mind that is kind of out of control, not in peace going from thought to thought to thought. and that is, that is not the way God designed us to live. He designed us to operate from a place of peace and live in a place of peace and to think with him and to co-create with him and to see things from his perspective and to recognize like that the re- in the real world, the lines between the spirit and the and the natural realm have, are totally erased. 
that matter is not what it appears, that there's a whole spirit realm that's available to us. And honestly, that's, I feel like that's the purpose of spiritual disciplines. You know, it, it's really to, 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 to shake us awake. That's why we pray. That's why we worship. We worship to, to focus. We pray to focus. We fast to focus. We, we, you know, even reading the word, like all of these things that we do are because of a person. We're, we're connecting with a vine, with a person. We're not going through religious activities because we're Christians and we're just Christian, we're just doing Christian stuff. No, we're Christians because Jesus lives inside of us and we're just trying to connect with the reality that Jesus lives inside of us and that we're in the kingdom and we're just trying to wake up to what's real. But that simple sentence, I release my agenda. I'm telling you, the very next thought that came into my mind, I'll tell you, just be, be aware of the very next thought that comes into your mind when you say that. Quiet yourself down and say, okay, I release my agenda. The next thing I said is, what do you want to say? And the next thought that came into my mind was, I maybe need to go back through some older journals and see what God was saying. Maybe I need to get back on track with what he was saying. You know, what was happening? It's like, you know, you, that's why I have journals. Because like, you really do forget what God has said or what he's doing. And so I opened up. I just, you know, I keep about, I usually try to keep, it's kind of silly, but I keep usually two journals Plus the one I'm using. Like I have two on my nightstand and the one I'm using usually. So I have pretty easy access to a, you know, maybe, I don't know how far that one goes back to, but, well, I do because I opened it. I went back to the two journals ago and it was a a word from September 13th. And it was about a three-page word that literally, it was the very beginning of the journal and it literally told me what God is doing in my life what he wanted, and what he was doing. And I, I know I'd read it since I heard it, but not enough. And sure, not enough to focus on it. Like, if this is what you're doing, and this is what you want to do, like, this is the point here. I mean, he, and he, it was pretty wild, because as I read through it, it's like, okay, here's what he's doing, and then he showed me my part. He said, my part, trust in me moment by moment, rely on me, stay connected to me and my voice. Everything else, the rest of the three pages was what he was doing. And I'll tell you, what he's doing is a pretty spectacular work in me. A pretty phenomenal work is what God is up to in my life. And I'll tell you, God, thank God God is God. Because I, I must take up a large percentage of heaven's energy and the resources. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm a, probably a full-time job for a whole legion of angels. And I'm being facetious, but I'm telling you, that's just how distracted and how kind of, you know, you just, life happens and, you know. And I made a, I made a decision, and I, I really believe that, you know, we have a graduate program. When you, when you finish Emerge and you come to live, the live event, graduation's pretty awesome. That's coming up in a couple weeks here. You know, we have a graduate program, and, and I, the graduate program is called Focus. And I know that the name of the graduate program, because see, Emerge is really all about, like, getting clear about what your purpose is. Like, you know, you answer the five big cues or the five big questions of life. Like, who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed? How do I get there? And I'll tell you what, you know, if you answer, if you can answer those five questions and clearly articulate your life purpose and your why, 
you are a part of less than 5% of people on the planet. I mean, some people have clues, they have ideas, but to be able to be that clear. But here's the problem. When you're that clear, there's also a little bit of, I don't know, it, it, it's, it challenges you. Because once you know, you can't unsee it. And you become dissatisfied for any life that is less than the one you were created for. And so focus is really about, even just as I'm teaching here, I mean, it's really about focus. I mean, I know it's silly, but it's about focus. Like, what are we, are we going to focus here? Are we going to focus on what God's doing? Are we going to focus on the the kingdom agenda here? Are we going to focus and partner with God so that he can use us in our life to the maximum, he can milk it for all it's worth? Can, Can the maximum amount of glory come through us? Can we... Can we love to the max? How many people's lives can we impact? How many people can we actually love? Can we even learn to love? Can we be healed enough to love? You know, I mean, it's just a, our focus, our focus. I mean, so many times we, get, we just get focused on so much stuff. But Jesus said, I'm focused. <laughs> I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. In John 5, 19, just a few verses before John 5, 30, back up a little bit. You know, in this story, you know, Jesus had healed someone on the Sabbath, and the the Pharisees, and they were really, really upset with him. And he's just saying, hey, you know what, the Father, up until this moment, the Father's working, and so I work. Because he had healed on the Sabbath. And here's what he said in John 5, 19. He says, the truth is that the Son does nothing on his own. All these things are led by the Father. The Father loves the Son, so he does not hide his actions. And so Jesus here is talking about the fact that he is, he's just being led. He's being led. All of his actions, and and so what does this mean? It means that hearing God is not optional. And making that a priority to be able to hear God. And yes, on demand means connected. Abiding in the vine means you're plugged in. You're plugged in. And if you're not plugged in, then the only priority you have is to be plug- get plugged in. It's just getting plugged in, staying plugged in, getting connected, staying connected, so that you can follow the leader. And I will tell you this, that as someone who has been doing this, I mean, I have not done it perfectly. Sometimes I feel like I'm a lot like Peter. You know, he tells you to get out on the boat. You get out on a boat and you get out there and then guess what? You just sink in the waves. But I'll tell you, life, learning how to walk on water, learning how to live above the limitations of the fallen world is well worth the risk. And it's well worth as many times and as many failures as it takes until we are doing the same works as Jesus and greater works. It is worth it. Because God, I'm telling you, you can't outfail God. You can't screw it up. All you can do is learn. All you can do is it's practice. It's practice. We, we're practicing walking on water. 
We're practicing doing the same works as Jesus. We're, we're practicing learning how to be. That's what growing up means. You, 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 you learn, you grow in wisdom and you become more mature and you become more like Jesus. And I'll tell you, being more like Jesus doesn't mean you play it more safe. It means that you risk more because you know who the father is. And it gets easier. It gets easier. With practice, it gets easier. It gets easier to, con- to, to have confidence. Yes, this is God. This is crazy, but this is God. This sounds crazy, but this is God. It sounds, you know, it, you, you, you gain confidence to, to step out and do things that, you know, seem foolish. But actually give God an opportunity to do something miraculous. So as we wrap up tonight, Father, what do you want to tell people? Well, the first thing that I'm hearing is whatever is telling you that you can't have the kind of relationship And I'm just going to speak from God's perspective right now. Whatever is telling you that you can't have the kind of relationship with me that Shalise is describing, that's a lie. That's a lie. That is a lie. You can absolutely have the same kind of relationship that Shalise has with the Father or the same kind of relationship that Shalise is describing. Why? Because everyone, everyone that believes in Jesus becomes one with Jesus. You are a part of his body. You, are, you have the same access to me as Jesus has to me. You have the same access to me as I have to me. The problem is, the only problem here, is that you just haven't believed that. And you probably have not been taught how to actually do that. Now, this is Shalise now. That sounds a little strange, but I do want to say this. <laughs> like, okay, so I, it's the father in Shalise. It's the father Shalise too. Thing. But here's the deal. You know, it was news to me when I figured this out. But did you know the supernatural is supposed to be taught? Jesus came for three years teaching his disciples how to do miracles. He literally was teaching them, sent them out. Verse 12, then 70. He's like, as you go, preach, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. Freely you receive, freely you give. I mean, he was training them. He, he would get upset with them when they couldn't do the same works, right? Bring the boy to me, you faithful. I mean, he was, he was training them. He was training them. Training them to live in the kingdom, to do miracles. And so... You know, I grew up in church. I was in my 30s before I was around people that had the kind of relationship where they heard God on demand. And you know, my first thought was, these people are freaks. My first thought was, like, they really were weird. Like, I don't know what else to think. I, I really thought they were strange. Like, weird people. 
But then I remember thinking, well, what if it's real? What if they're not crazy? What if that's normal and everything else is abnormal? You know, and so I just had a change of mind. I I remember, you know, I, I journaled for a long time just hearing my, it was just me talking in there, you know, and begging God, all kinds of stuff. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I think for the first probably six months to a year when I was trying to hear from God, all he said was, you hear me, you hear me. This is me. Yep, this is me. You hear me. Yep, yep, this is me. Yep, you hear me. Yep, yep, this is me. How do I not making it up? Well, you're just going to have to believe this is me. This is me. But it sounds like me. Yep, I'm talking in your thoughts. This is me. Like, why? Because I'd grown up in church all those years. And I didn't know that God thinks through our thoughts. I didn't know that he uses our imagination. That you know. And, and I went from there to a place where, my goodness, I'm seeing miraculous healings because I'll just get a little mental picture of a pancreas and pray for someone that has a, you know, that needed healing in their pancreas. And the next thing you know, you get a report back that they'd had part of their pancreas surgically removed and now it was a brand new pancreas. It was not spectacular necessarily. It was just my imagination. I mean, I didn't, the point is, is that you, it's, it's so simple. We don't believe it's God and we haven't been taught. And I'm, so I'm sharing that to say, well, first of all, I'm sharing that to say this. I didn't know that this is what I was going to say because I I didn't have an agenda. But (laughs) with that said, beloved, if you're, if you're connecting to this podcast, and I know this is the case, I know this is the case because people reach out to me every single day, that a lot of you have come to this podcast by a sheer divine, miraculous, you know, coincidence of events. You did not know who I was. You didn't know to listen. This is to- you know that it's God that you're listening right now. And I just want to share this, that if you are not having that kind of relationship with God where you are hearing him on demand, and that is, that is exactly one of the major reasons that Emerge School of Transformation exists. It exists to help you connect with God. And I'll tell you, it is a journey for some people. You know, it's not sometimes, if you're someone who's like, well, I've been to these things, I've gone to this, I've gone to this class, I've done this stuff. Well, I'll tell you, we have been... It's a journey for some people. I just had a a graduate that came through our last graduation who, I'll tell you, she had had some things happen in her life that had set her up to be very confused about God's character and who he is. And because of bad teaching and just misunderstanding and a whole lot of reasons, honestly, she didn't trust God. And I'll tell you, we weren't quite sure sometimes if she was going to get through marriage because it's a three-month program. Is she going to make, is she going to get the breakthrough? Is she really going to get the breakthrough? Is it going to happen for her? Is it really going to happen? And I'll tell you, sometimes Jesus waits to the ninth hour. It was a little, it was a little intense there. But at the end, what a breakthrough it was. What an incredible breakthrough. And to watch God peel back the layer so patiently to get through the things that were hindering her intimacy with him. And so sometimes it's just, I mean, I'm sharing my story. I made it sound short, but it wasn't just an overnight snap my fingers. You know, all of a sudden I've got this crazy intimacy with God. It was a journey. It was a journey of healing. It was a journey of teaching. It was a journey 
to undo the years of religious nonsense that had been programmed into me in the Bible Belt growing up. And so, beloved, the school is, is here for you. So if that's something God's leading you to do, reach out. Email us at info at shalice.com. We'll, we'll get you hooked up. I mean, get us on Facebook, message us, do what you need to do. But we'll get you hooked up. But for the, that's, that's one thing I feel like the Father's saying. Secondly, God is faithful. I'll tell you, he is faithful. And he is faithful when we are faithless. He is faithful meaning when we don't know up from down. Thank God God's the one running the show. Thank God that he's the one with the agenda. You know, it says many are the plans of man's heart. But it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. And I'll tell you, he is one incredible, brilliant God that is able to advance the kingdom against all the plans and purposes that are in men's hearts. And so I want to, I want to encourage you that no matter where you are right now, and I, this, I, I, beloved, I tell you, this is right from the Father. Wherever, wherever you are right now in life is totally perfect. Now, I know you're thinking, well, Shalisa, I'm on, I'm on drugs. This is not perfect. She'll, you know, Shalisa, I, I'm up to my ears in debt. This is not perfect. I've been diagnosed with cancer. This is not perfect. This is not perfect. Well, I didn't say the circumstances were perfect. I'm telling you, though, it's a perfect setup. It is a perfect setup for God to reveal himself to you in a way that you can only get in this place. You better hear me. This is a setup for God to reveal. So if you're on drugs right now, it's a setup for God to be your deliverer. If you're, on, if you're in debt right now, it's a setup for God to be a supernatural debt canceller. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, that's a setup, a perfect setup for God to be revealed as healer. There is nothing in your life that is bigger than God. There is nothing you have been through that can hinder God from revealing you to you. There is nothing in all of creation, of anything, of it, there's nothing in the universe, in the seen realm, unseen realm, heaven, hell, there is nothing that can outdo God. So whatever you've been magnifying, Whatever problem you have that's too big for God to solve. Whatever is wrong with you that seems like impossible to fix. Beloved, I just want to tell you, it's already been fixed. It's already done. And God is moving in your life right now so that you will see it the way he sees it, get in agreement with it, the way he's in agreement with it, think about it, the way he thinks about it, talk about it, the way he talks about it. Because you are one with him. And he's coming after everything in your life that doesn't look like him. He's coming after everything in your life that doesn't think like him. 
He's coming after everything in your life that doesn't love like him. He's coming after everything that is not heaven on earth in your life. When I say he's coming after it, he's just coming after it with his pruning shears. He's going to clip that thing off of you. He's going to renew your mind. He's going to change your opinion. He's going to convince you. He's a convincing guy, by the way. He is one convincing guy. And so, Father, I just lift up every single child, every favored child that is listening to my voice tonight, Lord. Your very favorite kids are listening. It's amazing how I get to talk to your favorite kids. That's awesome. Thanks, Dad. But, Father, I pray that they would begin to... Re- That's the Lord. He's just really talking to me about this. He says, you know what? I want you to... T- there's a, I just release right now, Lord, just a revelation that they really are your favorites. They have unfair things happening to them. And I'm telling you, it's making some people a little uncomfortable. Because it's not fair. It's not fair to be the favorite. You know, you get in places you aren't supposed to be. You, you know, get things you're not supposed to have. You, you know, you don't really have to earn stuff. You just, you know, you get it for free. A little spoiled. But that's, that's what God is doing in your life. You are favored. You are favored. You are favored. I just want to release that over you. You are favored. You are daddy's favorite. And I want to just speak just briefly to people that have experienced deep hurt and rejection. There is a a scripture that I I grabbed onto early. I've kind of forgotten about it, actually, until the Lord just brought it up now. But I grabbed onto this early, and I I feel like he's, he's wanting all of us to grab onto it again. He said he gives you double for your former shame. Double for your former shame. So those of us that have been most ashamed, that have been put to shame, that have been ashamed of our bodies, ashamed of our identities, ashamed of our actions, ashamed, just been hiding in the dark, just upset, wanting to hide, whatever that is, Lord, a rejected, the outcasts, the untouchables, the lepers of our day, I don't care what that looks like in your life, whatever thing that is that has caused you to be ashamed, judgments, whatever those things are, the Lord says, yeah, those are the people that get the double. It's not the good ones. It's not the good ones that don't have things not, that they don't need to hide. It's those that are ashamed. The ashamed get double. And so I'm just releasing. I'm just releasing that promise over your life. I don't know what that looks like. It looks like a lot of good stuff. It looks like a lot of restored. I tell you, God's going to bring new relationships into your lives. He's going he's gonna to make up for the rejection of family. He's gonna, he says he puts the solitary in families. He's going to create a new circle for you to dance in. He's going to give you a safe place. He's going to give you a boldness to come out of hiding. 
and to overcome whatever has kept you from being you. And so we just receive that tonight, we, we, and we thank you for it, Daddy. And we bless every single listener, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in our lives. We bless what you're doing in each of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll just wrap up, you know, by inviting you to head on over to Shalise.com and support the podcast, support the message that's being preached, uh, that is transforming lives all over, all over the world at this point. Um, so into what God is doing, so into, when you sow into this ministry, you are sowing a seed of intimacy with God into your own life. You are partnering with a ministry that is empowering people to experience God. And so you're, you're, you're receiving a harvest of encounters with God yourself. You're just receiving a, a, a harvest of purpose. And so I just encourage you, if this podcast has blessed you, sow a seed, partner with us. And I know that God will reward your faithfulness because uh, to those who are watered, I mean, those who water get watered. So God bless you, and uh, we will talk to you soon.